Lycos, Ask Jeeves. Oh, like I only had I, so Ask Jeeves didn't get on my radar until it, like basically it was on there for one week and then everyone moved on. Okay. Uh, I didn't know about Ask Jeeves until everyone was already done with it. <laughs> Just like all excited, you could have had a butler. Yeah, it was like I, I'd like to ask Jeeves some things. Where's my drink? What the fuck's going on down there? Welcome to WTF at TFW, the I'm Still on the West Coast edition. Uh, I'm flying in 48 hours, but Aaron, you're you're not. You're just you're right there. Yeah, no, I'm 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 here where I normally am. Yeah. Why was why was there a question? No, uh, I'm just saying like what 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 is this podcast if not every three to four weeks I have some kind of thing come up that makes everything all haphazard. Uh, I, I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we want what normalcy. Speaking of things coming up, TJ had something come up, so uh, this week it's just me and Aaron, uh, mm-hmm. and hopefully things are all right over at TJ's chateau. Chateau, right? Not, yeah, chapeau is hat. I just realized. I thought I said hat. Um, Isn't French required in Canada? It is until you are okay. fifteen, and then you can okay. move on to a different language and subsequently forget all the French. Okay. Uh, love all of our listeners and friends out there in Quebec, though. Um, no, you don't. No, Canadian. Some you're supposed who, to hate everybody in Quebec. There's some cool folks they're all there. Quebecois. There's there's some cool folks there who are like, I wish that all this 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 um what is it Separ- separation nonsense would just go away, and that all the waiters would be nice to all the anglophones. I just want to live where all the good smoked meat is, because uh, that's where all the good smoked meat sandwiches are. Um, Aaron, uh, just just one more bit of small talk since we're talking about food. Uh, I have been making cheese sandwiches, and you have very well-sharpened knives that can actually cut through blood vessels without touching the nerves. Yep. Well, I, I, they touch the nerves. They just didn't give the nerves a chance to respond. Oh, yeah. I guess they're faster than your, the average nerve. That's, that's, that's why I keep my knife sharp, so they cut sharp. Aaron, I was saying it before, but I'll say it on the record. I think that, if, that bleeding out through a thumb knuckle would probably be the most embarrassing way to go. I can think of three or four that are not suitable for the podcast. Oh, dear. Yeah, I can think of a few more, too. Yeah. I took a sip there. I'm trying this. Uh, everyone on Twitter was talking about it for a second. I got this zesty blood orange diet Coke. Uh, it comes in like a thin can. So you're why I, I had to give blood. Yep. <laughs> Needed it for my Coke oranges. Uh, I love orange flavored Coca Cola, uh, and so seeing it actually happen officially again, I got all excited. Even though it's Diet Coke, it's it's not bad. Uh, it's it's got all the stuff I like about orange Coke, uh, and it also has the unfortunate aftertaste I dislike about Diet Coke. So it's kind of like a you know give and take. Um, it's got that that aspartame plasticiness that everyone also tells me is in sucralose, and I'm like y'all are nuts. Sucralose is is god water. It's it's perfect. <laughs> Aside from all the chemicals, uh, we, we we got us uh, some listener questions here this week and a little bit of IDW comic news. Um, one of the listener questions is very IDW centric. So all that stuff's going to be on the back half of the non what we got this week section. You know, just in case you really don't want to hear anything about comic books, uh, then, you know, when we start talking about Unicron, you can check out uh, if you want. 
but you should stick around. It'll be a good time. Uh, first up, though, we got a listener question, and I pulled in some listener questions that were sent in recently because they were so timely with you know either podcast news or Transformers news. Sometimes I just do that. We also have a listener question from February in here, and I still have all the unused ones in a big doc, so you know we'll get to them as we get to them. Um, don't feel bad uh, if it feels like we're skipping your question. We aren't. Um, the the Except worst thing I ever did... Yeah, the, the worst thing I ever did as far as that was holding on to Rexodus's poor StarCraft question until I was really sure Seth was the one who knew about StarCraft. And then uh, it turns out Aaron was the one who knew about StarCraft. Hi. That's all right. I, StarCraft knowledge fell off with uh, Wings of Victory or, or whatever the StarCraft three first part was. I, I don't I guess I have the second part for free or something because the third part came out. And no one was buying it. And they were just like, oh, come on, guys. Come on. I feel like I feel like Rexodus's question didn't really go outside the expanse of like maybe StarCraft two. Craft two, yeah. Um, but while we're here, like, did you have any ideas as to like a, a Transformer StarCraft type thing? Not really. Oh, geez. It's it's two different circles. Rexodus, I tried. Like, <laughs> you heard me. Yeah. I tried. <laughs> and and for the way that the Transformers is, you'd have to go like, God, I don't even know, like. Neither of them are really Decepticon. Like the the between the Protoss and the Terrans, neither of those are really Decepticon-y, and the Zergs are like Tyranids. They're very out of 40K, specific. Yeah, and like that's like I guess that could be bad guys, but not really Decepticons. I, there are three Decepticons that really fit with the Tyranids, and they're called the Insecticons, and it's way too yeah. on the nose. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there's zero cleverness when I say that. Um, well. We do have a fresh listener question from Daniel Sonnenberg, who sent this in, uh, saying, Hey, Vangelis, I'm back with a congratulatory 500th episode-based set of listener questions for you WTFers. And so I thought, well, this is worth throwing in now because we're still in the early 500s. You talked in episode 500 about milestones and goals. In this past year, I've seen a bunch of people in the fandom discuss the topic in various ways, the most poignant of them being a sentiment voiced on WTF and TFW before. To paraphrase, if Transformers ended tomorrow, I'd be all right. Do you think this mentality belongs to a particular generation of fans, or is it the product of the direction of the franchise? Have we, as fans, reached a peak milestone? Has the franchise put us in such a position? I'm a younger fan myself, just turned 24 in March. Happy birthday. And I certainly don't feel that way, but I imagine I could, so I seek your perspective. I'll keep on clicking until 1,000 and beyond. Um, So, in short, it is absolutely um, a a mentality particular to this generation of fans. Uh, when we say Transformers could end tomorrow and I'd be all right, it's partly because as far as I know, we've all been heavy into Transformers since at least the year 2000, if not the eighties. Um, so through sheer attrition, uh, it's only fair that I feel like a lot of us are able to say like, yeah, we could check out and probably feel fine because we've had decades of it so far. That's how I feel anyway. Um, Aaron, what about you? Like I'd, I'd be sad if Transformers just up and disappeared. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be like, climbing any walls or tall buildings hmm. in the well, process have, i mean if you have to install something up there you know. yeah well i not not due to transfers going away like if i have a reason to like <laughs> what if there's a, walk what if up there's the a, stairs at work then like i've got to go if there's up the a stairs transformer up there what if what if you see at the top of a, of a telephone pole there's like a victory saver mitten box someone just put up there yeah like like okay maybe for for the oddball case of that yeah i might do that but i'm not all right i'm i'd, I'd be like oh man i'm i miss that thing like the same way that you know like Thundercats, the reboot of Thundercats was really neat. And yeah, that's kind of yeah. sad. And Firefly. I was about to uh, say you're one of the folks who probably went through that with Firefly. Yeah, uh, I mean, there, there's plenty of franchises out there that 
maybe deserved a little bit more and then didn't get it, but I'm not like, you know, I'm not going to get too upset about things that just aren't meant to be. And I want to, I want to specify that. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm, and it's like things that I, that I'm then glad for, you know, Star Trek has a great series that's come out called the Orville and holy, holy crap. Line in the sand. Yeah. (laughs) And discoveries. Eh. Orville is like, like what it feels like it should have been. But I refuse you know. to have a comment on Discovery <laughs> because I have plenty of friends on like not just both sides of the issue, but like the top parapets of the fortresses on both sides of the issue. I I, I will not say a thing about Discovery because someone will throw a rock at my head. I'm not I'm not quite in the mood yet. Yeah. Uh. It's it's so the, my my short take on it is Discovery is really good. Hmm but not good Trek, in my opinion. Oh. All right. Um, I mean, well, it'd be like <laughs> like maybe the last couple of Transformer big action movies were big mm-hmm. action movies that weren't really Transformers. Yeah, I, I feel like this will result in at least one lengthy reply in the thread. Yeah, yeah. come on, come uh, on. Twitter at AKSMTH. All right, he wants it. There you go, we everybody. Can, we, we, we can talk about it. I'm cool, but like... Also, it's just like my opinion, you know. And if- yeah, and and going off that, when anyone says like, if I and I actually I actually don't feel that way as much anymore than whenever I said it. But you know, if someone says you know I'd be fine if Transformers was done tomorrow, that's certainly not to say that everyone else is supposed to be fine with it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially like in your case, Daniel Sonnenberg, when you say that you know you just turned twenty four, you you absolutely deserve to have more Transformers. Uh, I myself have had nearly a decade more of it than you have had through sheer attrition. So, uh, yes, you, you, you deserve more. Um, as for the question of have we, has, have we as fans reached a peak milestone? Absolutely not. Uh, if anything, the last five years of the comic books proved there were plenty more places for Transformers to go. Yeah. And we're going to talk about this more later on. But um, I think that there are some fans for whom their personal peak milestones have been achieved. You know, X character now has a masterpiece toy for instance um and i think the franchise has put us in a position where you certainly can have folks like i would argue that if transformers ended you certainly couldn't say that transformers was was as a franchise cut short uh of its of its life transformers has lived like three times longer than it probably should have and thank goodness because now we keep getting all this cool fresh stuff that puts cool new takes on it that I, you know, five years ago, even, um, or I guess 10 years ago, in this case, I would certainly not have ever told you I think it would happen. Um, the IDW comics, like in the heart of the chaos event, I checked out because I was like, this is this is confusing and kind of a little dreck. And this is a bit much. And I I, I really don't know what's happening. Uh, and I, I, I just don't want to bother. And then merely a year or two later, we entered into the phase two era, which is like one of the greatest storytelling phases in the whole franchise history. So there's always going to be fresh peaks, especially as more new generations of fans come in whose expectations are in very different places than the 80s fans were. Uh, so it's kind of like your question has like yes and no's to all the different answers in it. Yeah. Uh, like Aaron, did you was there any point where you, you kind of had the feeling like have we achieved peak Transformers? I know Maybe I've had when, that happen. Like the first movie hit. Yeah, and it was yeah, like, definitely. oh my god, oh my god, we got it's like on the big screen and it's like real people. It's not, you know, okay, we had the we had the animated movie and or the you know the OG movie and you know that was cool, but like 
it's it's a thing and it's amazing and how, how does that work i don't know we've got mm. like movie premieres with like the actors and crap there like oh my gosh oh my gosh and then and like like 09 and 2010 generations and reveal the shield you know as it merged together with generations like that era of toys i was like are transformers done cuz like mm-hmm. this could be like they they've done like, it they've... like like what what do you need to make what do you need to make another optimus prime that prime is like like that's the prime now and yeah. you know, it's been and like they, they made tracks they made 11,000 times they they made tracks they made wheeljack they made uh you know they in reveal the shield they made they made Rekgar. they made all this and you know it, it only took like 3 or 4 years and a whole third party market to to bubble over the top of the lid for everyone to go like yeah those old classic stories are okay i guess mm-hmm. i don't know tracks kind of has big feet i don't know if i feel about that um so yeah, the the, the goalpost is always moving, and thankfully with Transformers, it's often moving forwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would dare say objectively, although I would say that with you know the lightest tread. Um, but yeah, thanks. Also, thanks for listening uh, and wanting to listen to five hundred more of these. I can't guarantee you that we'll be able to accomplish that, but uh, it sure would be interesting. <laughs> Podcast deal inertia. We'll get there. Yeah, you know, even if we wanted to stop, now that we've hit episode 504, like if even if we put the brakes on now, it would take us at least another 300 episodes for this podcast to come to a safe stop mm-hmm. uh, where we could all get off, you know, and move on. Like if it just crashes into a wall, then that'll happen. But um, moving on from there, we've got a listener question from Dragonlord2200 uh, who says, hello to Evangelist and the Knights of the Zodiac. I mean, Knights of Dimension C-137. Tis I, Gary. And I have returned with several more questions. It's been a really long time since I've done one of these. So question number one. Uh, with the rise of Transformers crossovers, like Star- Street Fighter, Cross Transformers, what three franchises would you each love to see Transformers crossover with? Personally, I'd love to see Transformers and Power Rangers crossover. Imagine Dragon Storm getting remolded into mas- uh, I almost said Mastermind Power Rangers. That doesn't make any sense. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, green and red, because dragons. Uh, I gotta throw shouts out to um, oh, you know, Grim- the customizer guy whose name has Grimlock in it, and I always forget yeah. all the other parts. If you check the what, as soon as I saw this, I went and found the the tweets that he had put up uh, yesterday. Yeah, and I just dropped a copy of one of them into the Zencaster thing, so you know there it is. Oh, I, Chrome Toronto. I knew it was Chrome Toronto. Yeah. Grimlockimus Chrome Toronto. My brain always mushes all that together into customizer Grimlock, which doesn't help anybody. But yeah, he uh, he did a repaint of Volcanicus as the you know in MMPR colors, and it's like it's spot on. It's yeah, like, <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, I think he customized. I think he customized some bits, or at least he painted over the faces to make them look like sealed faceplates. Uh, and it, yeah, it's a, it's a cool custom. Maybe check the, sh- the shoulders are put together a little bit differently too. Yeah, is that there, something there's, doable there's, though? With... I th- I think that's doable. That's so yeah. instead of having the the dinosaur hips forward, it's turned sideways. I don't know how well it tabs, but that's just a matter of flipping things a little bit differently, yeah. and then turning turning the legs instead of being the weird sideways like yoga pose. It's the legs flipped in around the other way to give it a different profile. Yeah. So, uh, so Gary, I would say look up Grimlockimus's Power of the Primes Megazord, and you'll probably be pretty darn happy if you haven't seen it already. Um, as as for other franchises, though, um, like Aaron clearly does not have any investment in StarCraft Cross Transformers because we no. we've covered that. Uh, Aaron, is there any other franchise you'd like to see crossover with Transformers? Um, like Mask is the dumb yeah. one. 
because it kind of is in the comics now. Um, I'm trying to think if there are other series that would be good other than just being, hey, they're both Hasbro properties. Because, like, Star the, Wars Transformers... Eh. The, the aesthetics wouldn't be amazing, but I would kind of like to see two Starcom Transformers. Okay. Star, Starcom had that kind of... Not not necessarily 60s retro, but a lot of the shapes make me think 60s, 70s yeah. retro. Oh, yeah. Like it's, re- it's, it's like... Um, like retro futurism. Yeah, yeah. And like like Transformers like turning the, into those the, things. If the trajectory from like Apollo, that that like design language continued on. Yeah. I I just like would like to see one of those things actually turning into a robot with a Transformers face. Mm-hmm. Um not not even like a whole line or anything. Like I I couldn't <laughs> I'm not enough of a fan to actually tell you the name of a Starcom vehicle, for instance. Yeah. <laughs> but uh I think that would be kind of cool. Maybe another, like, if you could get the Transformers designers in on it, Marvel crossover. Yeah. Yeah, like, good Marvel crossovers. Because we always got, like, the Galoob team. Yeah, it was the Galoob team, and then, you know, before that it was the Toy Biz team. Yeah. Uh, with the very well-intentioned Captain America helicopter um, that was, you know, never actually folded the legs away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd love to see like a, like what they're doing with with Star Wars Transformers now over at Takara Tomy. You know, getting mm-hmm. the actual team giving that a shot that would be kind of cool. Uh, and also, just just off the top of my head, I'd like to see John Wick's car transform into robot John Wick. You know, it's it's not like mind blowing. It's not really like it would do anything um, new. I would just like more John Wick toys to exist. Uh, they recently announced a Mafex. Um, the 112 Mezco is still not up for pre-order as of this recording, as of March 26. But I'm not satisfied with just two John Wick figures. I want more. So uh, give me a John Wick Transformer. That's what I would like. Um, any other ones on your end, Aaron? Not easily. Mm. Well, this can flow us into question number two, uh, which Aaron, would you like to read? Yes, this is a common writer slash Transformers question. What three writers would you love to see as Transformers? What molds would they use? How expensive would they be? I So I want to tweak this. I don't like the idea that we'd actually have to pick a mold to re, like retool or redeco. I'd rather go with kind of the floaty crossovers ideas that we've been doing already. Unless you have something really specific. I, I, wonder, I wonder if that question is also like what would their alt modes be maybe? Yeah, yeah. Um, cause also for how all of them turn into their motorcycles. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that would be kind of cool if they were just like super fancy junkie ons. Yeah. And and then (laughs) then all the auxiliary riders just make like sidecars. Yeah. I mean, Kaizo's bike had literally a sidecar. Kaizo's bike literally turned into a rideable robot. So like the Fies guys already kind of got the head start here. They got the auto vagin as well. Um, Yeah, I don't know, like, this sort of enters, for me at least, enters into the realm of, I just like these riders, so it would be interesting to see them turn into motorcycles. Uh, Because I feel like a common rider design not transforming into his own vehicle or her own vehicle is kind of less interesting to me, which then means I start looking at all the ones who have cars, and I'm like, well, you know, common rider drives Tridoron car turning into a big, you know, mecha version of common rider drive would sure be cool. His ultimate form was halfway that already. 
So a Transformers version would be neat. But I I, I wonder if maybe I'm gaming the question too much then. <laughs> yeah. Because then it's also like, well, Kamen Rider Black RX also had a car. So what if he turns into his car? <laughs> there. There's two out of three. <laughs> See, then it's boring because if they turn into their own motorcycles or, or cars or whatever, how are they going to drive it? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, even if, if it's a junkie on thing, then it's like riders riding other riders' bikes. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I really. So don't you don't know have the writers do it. You have it be like their auxiliary people. Their friend <laughs> is the one then that turns into their motorcycle or their. You know how the their the franchise base. already it already doesn't really respect tackle the female companion of Kamen Rider stronger very much. What if we just have her turn uh, into yeah. his bike as well? Just we'll just we'll <laughs> fully close the case on the whole franchise hates tackle question. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I I wish I had like I I have a lot of trouble getting my head out of the idea of just looking at who had what mecha that is the right shape. You know, like all the Deno guys, I immediately want to say they all turn into trains, uh, or like you know riders with tank motifs like Zelda from Ryuki, or you know recently uh, builds tank tank form, where literally a little tank turns into his armor. What if he just turned into the little tank? Uh. They're all real lazy answers to this, and I can't think of anything that's not lazy. I'm so sorry. Um, that said, like a bunch of common Rider themed Junkions, not necessarily like specific common Riders, just like Bugman Junkions, I think I'd be way into. And I and yes, I know that there are Shattered Glass Junkions that look like the Insecticons, but that that ain't what I'm talking about. I mean, like you know, common Rider headed, common Rider looking robots that turn into bikes could be kind of cool. Um, Aaron, what's the last time you watched Kamen Rider? Oh, uh, it's been a couple series now, unfortunately. Yeah. You should check out the current one. It's full of science. Like, is it real science or is it like Chris science? It's not Chris science, nor is it necessarily real science. It's 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 respectful towards the notion of real science in a way that I often am not. Okay. Uh, you, also, you, may, you may have to at some later point in time send me information of the best place to get it because I am so far behind the loop. I don't know who the good dubs are and who is it that like goes overboard with the like. Well, actually, this is the you, you have to learn Japanese in order to properly appreciate the way that we've translated this one because we just left half of it in the native language because the words don't translate quite right. You'll want to go to overtime then. Okay. Yeah, they're the ones doing build overtime, and then I think uh, Genmu Corporation's also doing build. Um, and they're kind of the the one or two things of theirs I've watched seems to fall a little bit in between uh, the TV Nihon and the overtime extremes. But okay. uh, it's, I think overtime is probably going to be up your alley. And I think you watched other series they subbed before. Yeah, I have. It was I think it was mostly them and TV Nihon, but. Yeah, I re- I remember there was one series that I was watching and like halfway through. I, I don't know if they just like stopped and somebody got angry or what the deal was. And I was just like, okay. All right. Yeah, apparently, now, right now they... apparently I am horrible for liking the way that this group does their dubs <laughs> and our subs. And I should feel horrible because I don't know enough Japanese to know, like I didn't catch the half a second that they left the two paragraphs of text up to explain why they're keeping it in the native language. Okay, cool. No, no one really cares anymore unless you're at a convention or a podcast and you say the thing that one subgroup used instead of the other one. And then someone and will kind of give blood. you the stink eye. 
Well, there's no argument. It's just you, you'll you realize you'll have that cold chill on the back of your neck as someone you know, someone just gave you the stink eye. Where you're like, did he just say mystify instead of whatever it is the Rimokon brother guy says when he transforms? Oh, he was watching overtime. That bastard. Well, um, I'll just go but, ahead and open a window to that and then like leave it minimized for the future. It made me think of you because in build, one of the bo- the full bottles is uh, Helicopter. Okay. And someone used it at one point as a solo you just, power Did you just up. stand up and spit at the TV? Well, at one point, I think Kamen Rider Grease used the helicopter bottle to, like, grow a helicopter blade on his arm and fly away. And I was like, this is all, this is propaganda. <laughs> but then they showed the actual, like, best match form, and it's, like, Rose Helicopter. So it's, like, Rose Copter. And it's, like, using a helicopter blade as, like, like on his back, Transformer style, but he can, like, yank it off and use it as a katana. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Also, helicopters mixed with thorny roses is a pretty neat aesthetic, so I'm, I'm in. Um, in, this, in this fictional world, I'm okay with this. And then I think I actually got harangued on Twitter for being okay with that. Um, I, was, I, was, I was giving too much leeway to Big Helicopter. Uh, that's the company Aaron works at, by the way, is Big Helicopter. Uh, Inc. C in the circle. Yeah, Inc. Um, third question from Dragonlord2200 is, apologies if you have answered this before, but if you had to recast any voice actor from any piece of Transformers media, who would it be and why? Thanks for answering the questions. Now I return to my slumber. Uh, Aaron, can you read this next bit? Uh, no, it's not in English. Oh, really? No. Well, it says, it's, it says it's, right, it's uh, in we, bird person. Let's sound it out together. All no. right. There's a W. So what? No. I'm going to go ahead and mute. But love. Oh. Uh, Aaron, 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 don't leave me alone here with the words. <laughs> Are you done? Yeah, uh, no, I just started yelling for you. <laughs> and we go mute again. No, don't go mute again. I was yelling for you because I didn't want to be stuck here with the words. How long does he think it's going to take me to say this? Like I could have said it four you. times I'm by just, now. I'm just, you know, turning off my microphone so I can scream profanities at you. <laughs> Okay, I, and I was just sitting there going, like, how long do you think it takes me to say that? Like, that that was a long pause. <laughs> um, anyway, my quick answer to this is I would recast uh, every time in the live, especially in the last night, I would recast Barricade uh, to be Keith David like he was in the video games because Keith David was the top tier Barricade, all due respect Um to everyone else who has voiced the character, but Keith David really made that character his own on a friggin' DS game. So I think he deserves to actually get the role uh, on the big screen. Uh, that is my Aaron. Aaron, yeah. are you back? Yeah. All right. What, who would you uh, recast? I do like that. Um, man, I don't. I think they've done a pretty good job of casting for like the major stuff. Maybe like completely. <laughs> I don't. I don't even want to say recast the like couple of internet series that we've had, unless we could just instead of like have the same people but have a new like fully cast and voice director cast. Yeah, I don't want to badmouth the YouTube dude who voices Menasaur. I just wish that anyone had told him to do a performance. Yeah. Because it seems like they said, yell into the microphone, and he didn't. Like, all right, you did a good job. Uh, and I don't want to blame the actor for that. Tunk. 
tunk tunk. Well, that's not a, that's not a voice. That's oh, no, like that's, I also sound I also said like the fully <laughs> yeah. people as well. It's just like what, did you did, know? I, I, did, was that like the first pass? Like no, no, no. We're gonna put this really cool sound in here wherever it's a tunk, and then somebody forgot to go like control R. I still haven't finished watching Titans Return. I still have because I keep started Titans Return. I got up to like episode seven and I was like, well, this is worth it if I keep making stupid Twitter videos while I watch it because that's fun. But then it was kind of like that's a bunch of work that I don't really feel like doing and I don't want to watch a thing that's work Yeah. to make Twitter videos. And I might – I'm still going to. I know I'm going to. And I'm still going to be putting up Twitter videos because I like to make a, a song and dance show about watching this dumb cartoon. But uh, yeah, I never finished it. <laughs> I know a bunch of things that happened because people couldn't keep it to themselves. He says like eight months or whatever after it finished airing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, um, I mean, there are recasts. I would, I, I, I would, I would try experimental recasts in there just to see what would happen. But it wouldn't do anything if the direction is still so flat because then you, it relies on actors to be able to fill in the gaps. And a bunch of them were very much able to, but a bunch of them, especially the YouTube guys, kind of I think were left in the dust. Yeah. It it definitely seemed, at least for the uh, the Combiner Wars portion of it, maybe not. Again, like yet another case where it seems like, hey, maybe if they'd taken another pass or two, like give that give that script a good uh, trimming up, and and maybe like have somebody watch it, and yeah, like be able to come back around and say like so this like this sound effect that you keep using maybe pay someone to do the audio post yeah is is there a reason why or hey this you know is, is there a reason that you don't like actually follow through on some of these things is there a why is there a why does overlord have it? a weird a weird southern dandy accent sometimes yeah. uh yeah yeah, you know, that's kind of the answer. That whole thing, and not recast, but just, just you know, sit the whole production down and say, "Hey, let, why don't we actually produce this?" Yeah. Um. Anyway, I hope that answers your listener questions, uh, Gary. Um. We've got some more IDW news, because uh, uh, was it WonderCon? WonderCon. WonderCon happened. Yeah. Right. Okay. They had they had panels and things. Uh, we got a whole bunch of info about the Unicron event. And the first thing we got was a big Alex Milne picture of, of IDW Unicron. And I went straight to Twitter. And I was like, for crying out loud, Alex, you made Unicron handsome. Uh, it's, it's, it's perfect for IDW, especially since this has also been revealed. This is probably the, the culmination of the IDW continuity as we know it. it. It is only perfect that its harbinger is an incredibly handsome version of Unicron drawn by Alex Milne. Uh, like right down to having... Gurren Lagann style star shades and like mm-hmm. if you just zoom in on that Unicron's face it's like Alex didn't draw him to look like Orson Welles he just drew another very handsome robot because uh, that's the thing Alex is good at doing and I, I love it and, and Unicron's got like you know mountain ranges on his shoulder pads uh, mountain ranges that's like whole planetoids again he's holding yeah, the I earth so. in the palm of his hand it's not a small mountain that's uh, uh, some sort of the size of our planet, some sort of <laughs> titanic geological shape that's half the size of the Earth, along with the stuff on the back of his arms and like the skirt armor and on his calves. Yeah, 
Aaron, I like this Unicron design a lot. I really want a toy of it, and I know that we're not going to get an official one, so I'm putting the word out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know. How are you feeling about this Unicron design? Uh, I think it's it's pretty cool. Uh, like, the the one thing as I was sitting here, you know, looking at a, a gigantic robot that is many, probably thousands of times the mass of our planet, I'm thinking, like, I wonder how those wings stay together. <laughs> They look like they aren't actually whole. Like they, if you look at them, yeah. there's, there's spaces. Yeah, they're all. Yeah, but I am like you know, like surely there should be some sort of energy in between those. And then I was like, wait a second, comic books, quit being yeah. a mess. And also look at the size of them compared to the planet Earth. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I'm sure yeah, those, those all just are, have micro gravitational wells are, around. Them. Yeah, those are all like, <laughs> you know, significantly sized. Not quite continental plates, but pretty close. Yeah. Like they probably have enough pull if they're you know, and he's he's also a magic transformer in a way, right? So he, mm-hmm. you know, arrange your gravitational pulls so that you also have big cool wings made out of an asteroid belt, right? Uh, it's it's super cool. It's 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 so super cool, and it is part of making it's it's part of making me feel okay about the direction of this of this event. Mm-hmm. A moth just flew right in front of my face and just hovered there staring at me. And it, that was, it was trying to check out Unicron too. Yeah. Here's well, you, you talking him up so much. <laughs> Wait your turn. All right. Uh, yeah. Because this it also was confirmed. John Barber basically said, like, this is them making the decision as a team to pull the trigger on the universe. His words. Giving it a finale readers could not experience somewhere like Marvel Comics. Mm-hmm. And that that's true. Um, one of the biggest problems with Marvel and DC, uh, you know, amidst all their reboots is at the very end of the day, even their reboots are based on the idea that eventually nothing can end. It all has to just keep going. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, and it has to keep going in a way that replaces what was there before. Whereas Transformers as a franchise has been all about just stacking completed continuities in a way or not like completed, yeah. but you know, stacking continuities where the story's done and the yeah. continuity is still well, there. I mean, all of this goes back to like the Asians series, right? Yeah. Like we've kind it's of forgotten continuity. We've kind of forgotten maybe some of that earlier stuff and kind of written around some other stuff and, and walked by some of these other things again. But I, I would be very happy with man. How long, like how long ago were the Asian 12 series? 12 years, you know, yeah. it's, it's all right to just, hit a reboot button and be able to start over and... well, not, not even a reboot button but like a we're gonna start a new comic series now but right like i think that was a big worry and it was one of my big worries was is this going to be a marvel style soft reboot where and one of my other biggest worries and i've said it many times has been like is some new editor at some point going to come in and foul up all the good work done with like yeah. megatron and starscream uh and this kind of means that that's not possible anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, well, like the one thing that I'm kind of concerned about when we have our, you know, this very good series running this long, like I like that it continues on and that's cool. But I was trying to explain what was it? It was after Black Panther, maybe, or just maybe it was just before Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Somebody at work was asking me about something Marvel Comics-y. And it was one of those things that was like, hold on. Because like, 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 what do you want to say is current? Because if you go from this point forward, it's pretty straightforward. But if you roll back to like 
to hear uh, like the way that there's been four or five people that were Captain America before the current, like before Steve Rogers came back in order mm-hmm. to explain a way that like during Vietnam when Cap was super gung-ho, they like retconned and well, no, really that was this other guy because Captain America had gone missing, but they decided that we had to have a Captain America so it's this other guy, and then he shows up in this other place, and it explains why he had the shield on the other hand because he was right-handed instead of left-handed or something. And it's like one of those things that's like just keeps spilling over itself in order to make continuities make sense. And and also you couple that with the fact, and I think it's even been stated at times by editorial that Marvel Comics continuity. All, you know, for the most part, takes place in this nebulous span of around about 10, 15 years. Yeah. And, and it's like with The Simpsons, where it's always around about 10, 15 years. Yeah. So when, when Peter Parker's origin happened, when it was drawn, it looked like, you know, the 60s or whatever. Mm-hmm. But technically, that happened in the 90s or 2000s now, or, you know, probably the 90s now. Yeah. Um, and it creates this weird floating continuity that, like, you know, the more you think about it, the more your head hurts. Uh, and then you have to think about it as mythology, which then means why should continuity matter so much? So, end of the day, it is true when they say that, like, being able to have a structured finale is something, like, you know, a Marvel Comics um, continuity simply cannot have. Mm-hmm. And certainly, like, Barber... And Roberts being the ones writing stuff right now when this continuity ends means two of the best writers are working on the structured ending. And I'm sure Marguerite Scott had some input on the at least the Unicron event, if I recall correctly. Um, and she's kind of another one of the main writers. Nick Roche is going to be writing um, a final Wreckers piece uh, that goes with all this stuff as well. Uh, Requiem of the Wreckers. So it's sad uh, in some ways, but... It's like the more I think about it, the more I'm like, how many good stories don't get to choose their ending in this way Mm -hmm. Um, with this, like, you know, at least like a year of lead time of planning going in. So I'm I'm okay with it. I have some huge caveats with being okay with it. But as a concept, I'm like, this this seems like the absolute best case scenario, Uh, especially as like, you know, Barbara's not the editor anymore, hasn't been the editor for a while. Um, Marguerite Scott, I think she's, she and Nick Roche both have kind of moved on to working at places like Marvel, um, and, and are probably able to continue working on stuff that isn't just Transformers, uh, if they so choose. So like, we're getting to the point where the writers we love are going to move on. And like, I hate saying it and I, w- I, w- I hope to be proven wrong. But when I say this, I, I can't think of other writers who could step in necessarily and fill in those shoes very easily Uh i'd like to think they're waiting in the wings but i'm also worried that the folks waiting in the wings are like don't worry we're here to to remove romance from transformers we're here to remove character development and make things more g1 and which which like if i were to be unreasonable i'd say is objectively boring as hell when whenever i see that concept presented to me (laughs) uh and we'll talk about that in a listener question coming up. But uh, this Unicron event is going to be running bi-weekly. And apparently the other ongoings are also going to start getting bi-weekly so that everything wraps up around September. There's also a lot of nebulous language around this ending of the continuity because John Barber is also talking about what's going to come next. Um, I saw someone tweeting at um, – oh, who is it? The, one, um, the lady who's writing uh, Transformers Visionaries. 
I, I I just remember her Twitter name is Mags Vizags, but I can't remember her actual name now because I saw her Twitter name a whole lot before. But someone mentioned to her, like, I'm kind of worried about this. And uh, at Mags Vizags um, said, you probably don't need to worry. And a lot of IDW writers and, and folks working there um, are they're not saying what's going to happen, but they're kind of implying like for now, just don't don't worry too much. Uh, and you know, obviously no one's going to say like, yeah, everything's falling apart, but it's me that and all the nebulous language just makes me so curious about what's happening later this year. Magdalene Visagio, 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 uh, is the writer who I'm thinking of. <laughs> I went and looked it up. Uh, Magdalene Visagio, I, I saw a tweet to someone like, just to say like, I don't think you need to worry or, you know, I'm paraphrasing, you know, don't, don't mm-hmm. quote that. But, uh, Aaron, uh, where are you coming at from all this? Uh, I'm super interested. I need to get back into the comic shop again and uh, probably get another chunk of comics. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, like I said before, I am fine with even like a soft reboot so that it's not uh, you know, quite so sprawling. So, so so much backlog of of stuff that's needed to be known in order to be up to date on it. Yeah. There have been mo- like there's in the recent Lost Light. Even I saw it pointed out. There was a, a moment in there, kind of a multi-panel gag, that references stuff that happened like, like like in the early 2010s. Mm-hmm. And it's like if you haven't been reading since then, that's like two or three panels that might just be straight up like I guess this is f- supposed to be something, but I don't know who any of these people are. <laughs> and and that's to me one of the boons of the Barbara Roberts connection is just how friggin' good they are at knowing everything that's happened before. Mm-hmm. And that's also why I kind of have faith in what they might do to close it all up, because I feel like they're not going to they're not going to leave a lot of stuff behind um, as far as like, you know, getting everyone involved and having a a good looking Alex Milne ass Unicron as the herald of this all the harbinger, if you will. Uh, It just it feels like this is the right face for this event. So I'm cautiously optimistic. I just I really hope you know, it, obviously they're probably going to kill some characters off, but like, I really hope it's not done as a bummer. You know, um, I think you the, like that, cup. Yeah, you know, like I, I don't want to see a bunch of Marguerite Scott's colony worlds getting nuked to show how dangerous Unicron is. I don't need mm-hmm. you to do that for me to believe Unicron is dangerous. Um, and I, th- I think Marguerite Scott's Till All Are One really proved how character death isn't necessary for the stakes to feel high. And and I hope that lesson is, is something that's been taken in to the writing on this Unicron series. Um, if it's not, it's not, but that's, that's kind of my loftiest demand uh, that I would be making of this whole thing. Um, and you know, it, it's the end. It's, it is the end dot. So there's going to be stakes that are going to go higher than what I'm probably, you know, going to be happy reading, but hopefully it's, it's all delivered. Well, um, and Aaron, you're going to have a big ass stack of comics if you don't catch up before uh, the summer. Yeah, I I know. <laughs> I I have a big old stack of comics that I got about halfway through, and then I think they got cleaned up. Air quotes around the microphone in case you can't hear hear the knuckle creaking. Mm-hmm. And I need to go find them and then get the next set. Yeah, you know they got organized. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, th- this is a great lead into our uh, our last listener question of the episode, which comes from Kevin Sig. Came in very recently, but this is literally hot on the news that we just read 
So I felt like this is the best time to hit this question. Um, Aaron, do you want to take this one? Yes. Kevin Sig said, with the IDW universe getting a reboot, what are three things you'd like to keep? These can be concepts, individual characters, i.e. Nautica, or even a specific fictional locations, i.e. Cadmus. With the requirement that we're going back to the status quo of Autobots versus Decepticons, please put your own spin on how you'd like this to play out. IDW has announced that it's rebooting the Transformers universe. Does this include all Hasbro properties as well? If not, how do you think this will play out in G.I. Joe and other Hasbro-based comics? I'm out. Peace is the right of sentient beings. So let's let's hit the second part of that first, because that's one of those nebulous things that I'm not quite sure about. Um, Like, at, at WonderCon, the guy writing the Mask books had a panel... Mask is probably the most tied into Transformers of all of the things that got rolled into the Transformers universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I am kind of – I'm wondering if maybe part of this is going to be they're going to pull some – like the nature of IDW Unicron isn't the singularity, at least from what I've read and from, from its one appearance so far. So like mm-hmm. it's not like they're just literally using the TF wiki to find Unicron so they can you know slice Transformers apart from the stuff they just did. Um so I honestly don't have an answer to this part. Like I, it it, it seems like the other Hasbro books are going to go on as normal, but like I, I'm I am going to assume that they will do something that slices them all free of Transformers. Now it's yeah, way too I, soon to do that, but that's what I think they're going to do. <laughs> again, it's one of those things that's like I like. You know, it's all going to depend on how is this Unicron reset button happening? Mm-hmm. Is he coming and eating Earth? Or is this just a nice splash image because it's cool? <laughs> but what, if, what if the way they're going to solve it is like, yeah, we're rebooting all the books because every other book that happens on Earth is gone because he ate the Earth in, in yeah. issue number three. <laughs> what <Yeah>. up? <laughs> um, so it, it's definitely a thing that uh, would heavily rely on on that. But... Um, I mean, I could see if they, I mean, there are plenty of ways that that can be hopped out or they may just say like, I'd really have a hard time seeing them resetting everything. Yeah, me too. Because of the way that they've done a good job of like starting to get it to link up and the few that I've read that cross over seem like they're pretty good about it. It it would be a real waste, I think, to, to, to cut it all loose this quick, like mask, as far as I have heard, Mask has barely really been tied in once it got going on its own book. Mm-hmm. Um, but like G.I. Joe tied itself in heavily and I felt for the better, honestly. Like uh-huh. I haven't read the G.I. Joe book. I'm thinking more just the general state of the universe as I see it in the in the Transformers books. But like the, the Thundercracker annual visited on Skywarp over at G.I. Joe and it seemed like it was real cool. Uh, Thundercracker annual is also excellent and, and like what a, what a great final annual to have, I guess, in this continuity. But um, yeah, like I, I'm, I'm really curious about what IDW's Hasbro stuff is going to look like, you know, come October, November. Um, I, I don't know. But yeah. going to the first part of the question, um, I'm, I'm a little wondering if we need to say the status quo is Decepticons versus Autobots. That's very likely, but that feels like such a friggin' ceiling to put on this already. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's where I get so bummed out about some of the, you know, anti-current IDW sentiment is like, it just feels so much like, make it more like the cartoons. And it's like, watch the cartoons, my friend. Like, action always looks better in animation. Why force it into the still image version 
of, of mm-hmm. the franchise, you know, the one that has the room for dialogue and has the, you know, the, the, the pace for, for character-based storytelling. It, it's, it's one, been one of those critique critiques of identity transformers that like, I, I try to respect, but I, you know, in a very biased way, deep down, I just don't respect it. It's like when people are like, you know, some, some people are, are always going like, Oh, they got to get all this gender and romance out of transformers. And it's like, why? Like, <laughs> and the why uh-huh. has always been, I don't like it. And it's like, all right, well, that's a very, that's a very deep critique, my friend, but uh, I, I, I don't know how to respond to that. So we'll just move along. But like, to me, like, like, you know, Kevin's thing here says concepts. And I'm like, it shouldn't be three things you'd like to keep reader inclusivity and the, the, the depth of world building IDW did that stuff shouldn't be like concepts. We hope they keep that stuff should be like the spark in beast wars where that is now an expectation of the franchise fiction. Um, so I'm going to say those things and say those aren't those aren't three things I'd like to keep. Those are things that better friggin' be there after this is done, because uh, there, there's no excusable reason to remove any of that. Um, you know, I guess come at me in the thread or something if you want to. But I'm yeah. There, there's the one I'll to go after. Yeah, I'll warn you, I'm not very nice to debate with. I never went to debate club. Usually at some point, I just kind of go like, I'll stop replying, and then they can yell at the wall for a while. But like, I try to to think about this, and I used to, I'm on this podcast, you go back enough years, you can hear me talking about how cool it is that IW Transformers are all asexual beings. I had enough conversations afterwards to have my mind changed, and uh, I I now see the value in just, and Animated did this as well. There are just male and female transformers and, and and everywhere in between and outside, and it it's easier to just roll with that as the baseline rather than like the the often very hackneyed and awkward stories of like why is there a girl transformer and then like bending over backwards to figure out this convoluted and kind of like crappy reason why you need to explain it like just just have it be there, you know. The colony worlds, just mm-hmm. just have it be there. It makes everything easier when you have all these colonies and you don't have the question of why are some of them male and female? Because then you can just have characters show up. Yeah, and the, and it's and, like that's and that. the other nice thing about colonies then is you can get you can have like good guys and bad guys in those colonies. Yeah, and not have to be you know all Autobot and Decepticon because. You know, it's it's a trope that works very well for 80s cartoons of, hey, there's the really good guys and the really bad guys, but, like, modern storytelling is pretty good about there's, like, shades in between and above and below and everywhere else. And if you want to have, like, your specific homage stories, the Colony Worlds is one of the greatest solutions I've ever seen, you know, untapped, unfortunately, to be like, hey, we want to have a Beast Wars story. All mm-hmm. right, we'll have a story on Eucharist, because that's the Beast Planet. And it's like, it, it's it's simple, it's a little kludgy, but it, it's so simple and easy as well. It's yeah. like, why why make this more complicated when this rolls so naturally? Um so with all that said, that's the rant I've had built up for a bit. Uh, outside of that, like Aaron, like IDW stuff that just comes to mind that you'd, you'd like to see carried over that you feel like there's still potential for. Um, I still think that there's a lot of good potential for the colony stuff because mm. that's 
I think is a really good way that, like I said, you can tell those stories of like good guys versus good guys or good guys versus slightly less good guys, you know, when it's not something that's full on, you know, Autobots, Decepticons, you know, I, I am never happy with like just the mustache trolling villains. Or at least like and, when that's your only choice, you right? Know? Like, like it can be fun. Like we had Sentinel Prime in IDW, who was was you know in it for just long enough to just be like, oh yeah, this guy is just straight up scum, mm-hmm. and then you know it was kind of funny, and then they moved on, <laughs> right? But it, but then it's definitely like you know the it's it's not the, I I just whenever anybody says like man. You know, it needs to go back to Autobots versus Decepticons. I think, like, how many of Megatron's, like, G1 cartoon schemes were just like, I'm being evil to be a jerk. And yeah. and then one bad thing kind of happens and then I freak out and run away. It's like, no, that's, like, the worst of any way to tell a story. And it's well, kind let, of let me, boring. Let me devil's advocate here briefly because I've seen some answer to that question and one thing I one might say is well what if we tell the classic 80s story but now we have time to get deeper into their motivations and the characters and it can be grittier uh to which I have an answer but like <laughs> okay but then at the same time I'd hope that like there's motivation for the bad guys mm-hmm. you know not just yeah you can you can tell something very similar to that original story but you know why? Why is Megatron a bad guy? Other than he's the one that's in charge of the bad guy, bad guys. Yeah, and and, and even in IDW, you know, in its mm-hmm. twelve years of stories, it took nearly half of that run to start to nail down a Megatron character, in my opinion, mm-hmm. at least. Um, and and you know, <laughs> if you go back to to just the good guys versus the bad guys, you've got stuff to work with for sure. But like. Even some of the best Megatrons, you know, that everyone talks about being the best Megatrons. Beast Wars Megatron wasn't just a cartoon villain. Uh, animated Megatron had these, like, um, you know, rebellion leader roots uh, mm-hmm. that were touched on here and there. Like, there's already all this other stuff. And I think the thing I'd like to see brought over um, from IDW is not confining oneself to a wartime scenario. Uh the most interesting stories happen once IDW was like, what if we tell some stuff after the war? And then, you know, later on, what if we have this cool story that's like when the war's in its infancy? Or what about these stories before the war? Uh-huh. Um, you know, jumping around a timeline certainly is is tricky. Um, IDW still has people working on its payroll who are good at doing that. And I think I think Tales of the Transformers for a little bit might actually be like a real cool year of a new continuity where it's obviously all happening in continuity, but we're not like watching it from point A to point B. We're not having to sit through the giant war or the great war in one go, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, like post-war Cybertron. Ever since I was a teenager, I thought that was the most interesting idea that someone could, could hit with this franchise. And like, now we've been there for a few years and it turns out it was one of the most interesting ideas. So um, yeah, hopping around time periods, I think would be huge for whatever Transformers does next. Uh, comic book wise um are there any like uh, you you've you've only i think really read up to a certain point you haven't seen a lot of like idw original characters but are like are there any any character portrayals you'd like to kind of just see held on to for a bit 
I couldn't tell you portrayals um, straight off the top of my head. I have like seeing some of the work a day stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like I want to, uh, is it um, Mirage, not Mirage Blur that has the bar? Yeah. And yeah. stuff like Mir- that. Mirage also, I think, has a bar, but it's like a fancier bar. But, you know, just just things like that where it's not just, again, where it's not just we're the bad guys, they're they're the good guys, and we fight because that's what bad guys and good guys do. But, like, yeah. hey, here's here's life such as it is for millions of year old robot people. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and getting the slice of that and and going on from there. This this all leads back to the thing that what IDW's, especially its second phase, did with world building – like, that's not what I want to see carried over. That is my expectation. That is my demand that the comic book medium is used to show us whatever this new continuity may be. Show us the world. Don't just show us a bunch of robots fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say it over and over again. If you just want a bunch of robots fighting, I got this big stack of DVDs for you. And if you get through all of it, then start it over again. You've probably forgotten some of it. Like, there's so much motion media of transformers fighting each other like it is unnecessary to demand that be the focus of the comic books mm-hmm. um so yeah like there's, there's just plenty more i could say like i i certainly hope some some characters stick around uh i i um i really hope star drive sticks around uh star drive one of the most interesting things to happen in what unfortunately appears to be the final year of the continuity because i think there's a couple of years of stories to get out of her um centurion is 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 he 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 requires the shared hasbro universe and is so interesting because of it and i'm i i don't see a place for him in the new continuity unfortunately if they're if they're gonna cut loose so yeah i I don't know like i i also would like to see another Mm -hmm. fresh take on starscream and megatron and i'd like to see a a very non-furman non-policeman take on optimus because if, if if they don't do that and if they fall into tropes, all that's going to happen, especially with Starscream, is going to be me sitting here going like, well, Marguerite Scott did this better. <laughs> uh, and like, I, I don't want I don't want to have to be sitting here doing that. <laughs> you know, like like they got they if they're going to do new takes on the iconic characters, unfortunately, they've got to get very uniconic with those takes. Otherwise, it's going to be boring as hell. Uh, I I feel anyway. Um. See, I don't know if, if that answers your question properly, Kevin Sig, but your question really, really got my my, my gears going. Um, either way, like I'm I'm looking, I'm I'm oddly now looking forward to the Unicron event because it's kind of like I guess I want to peel the Band-Aid in a way because mm-hmm. it looks like the Band-Aid also is really fun. So uh, I'm looking forward to to powering through all this stuff and just seeing how things are closed up. I'm. I'm a little bummed out that, like, you know, we probably are never going to get our Combaticons miniseries that I want, I really want us to get. Um, we're never going to get IDW Punch Counterpunch, whoever that was, uh, you know, officially at least. Uh, hopefully those things can maybe be maybe be hit up in a new continuity as well. Like, it, it would be kind of cool if, if IDW heads into a Tales of the Transformers thing that also means that we can kind of pop back into the old IDW continuity. You know, come yeah. up with a snappy name for it. You know, like like Galaxy One or something. And uh, like if Marguerite Scott wants to write some more stuff based on her miniseries, um, it would be cool if she could. Same thing with James Roberts. Same thing with, with John Barber. Same thing with Nick Roch. Uh, I'd like for them all to have the opportunity to check back in on that universe. 
um, and write, you know, their 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 appendix stories if they show, so desire. And I think there would be a, a big audience for that. Um, so that that's my take. And you know, once again, hopefully, hopefully, my take hasn't upset someone too much. But if it has, I apologize. Uh, I, Come at him on Twitter. You mean you can't? I might ignore it. But <laughs> Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, you know, come at me at my on MySpace. I check that inbox YouTube. all the time. Uh, I'm just very particular about Transformers books because I, I genuinely feel that the last few years of IDW, like the last half decade of it, um, made Transformers as a property able to exist in a state above its toy line. Like I feel like the IDW comics they tied into the toy line here and there, but I feel like the the proportions and who had the power. Of, of the storytelling side of it, I felt flipped as we went from Dark Cybertron to Combiner Wars to Titan's Return. And I feel like uh, it the toy line became the thing that was referencing the comic books and not the other way around, if that makes any sense. Um, and, and I feel like it proved that Transformers as an idea can be a storytelling idea uh, without being a toy commercial. Uh, like right. it, it, the, it's, it's happened before. I'm not saying no fiction has ever done this before, but I feel like the, the phase two IDW like hit a new peak uh, of, of that of Transformers being able to be taken seriously as a comic book series, as a storytelling medium, and uh, and you know that uh, there you go. There's another concept that better be there when when we get to whatever the next books are. Um. And that takes us into what we got this week. Uh, I was worried this might be a little bit thin, except Aaron, you bought all the Transformers. I I got three Transformers. You bought all the Transformers. Yeah, sure. You got all your all fancy your fancy Wave Two stuff that I, I ain't seen yeah. in my country. Yeah, I got it. I got it at a grocery store. Oh, jeez. Um, I was just yeah, buying so, my meat. I was buying my pork so, loin. <laughs> yeah. So if you uh, have the Kroger brand of families. Um, around you in their Easter section. Um, we were like randomly wandering through to see if there was any good candies because that's what you do. And I was like, oh, huh. That's those, those are Prime Masters. That's Prime Master Alpha Trion and Alchemist Prime. Um, Landmine and Submarauder. Um, I was like, oh, the, the, oh, okay. Well, surely they're going to be like more expensive. Nope, they're exactly retail. <laughs> oh, okay. All right then. That's I'll buy my Transformer toys at a grocery store like you do. Well, you know, someone's got to fill in that gap. What with the yeah, man, that was not to, not to take you off a tangent already, but you you, know, you weren't <laughs> here for the that twist we got all of a sudden in the 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 toy store industry tale of 2018 of friggin. Not just KB Toys coming back, but Seth finding the website and telling me exactly who owns KB Toys yeah. right now. Like that was a that was a trip. I don't even know what's going to happen at the end of the year. Yeah, I maybe there won't be toy stores. Maybe it'll be only in your rundown malls. It'll be oh. at your Kroger's. Yeah, I picked up the Wave Two Deluxes at Kroger's. Yeah, well they 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 like might get up to legend size at Kroger's if you're getting to deluxes. You've got to go to Walgreens. Who knows, though, right? Like because because Walgreens exclusives. Oh man, what if just all deluxes become Walgreens exclusives? When are we shipping I, them? I, I don't know. I, I yeah, I I I just don't know anymore. 
Um, if, you, if you had a fine Canadian brand like Toys R Us in your country, then <laughs> you'd be set. But I, I so f- for these, hey, they're the same Prime Masters that we've pretty much gotten before, but one of them looks like Submarauder and one of them looks like Landmine. Mm-hmm. And Submarauder is actually neat because it's the first one that's not a like a a rifle gun sort of thing. It's a trident, mm-hmm. and it kind of goes well with Submarauder's like head crest thing like flows well with the flip up trident pokey bit. Like it actually looks a bit more back. like a weapon. Yeah. That's cool. But but hey, again, it's the Prime Masters and you crack it open and you flip out the dude and it it has the thing with a bunch of random dots or diamonds on its back because that means something. Yeah, it's the, it's the power of the primes. Yeah. Look at the logo. <laughs> yeah, it's it's right there on the logo. <laughs> Uh, but the other interesting thing that I got was the movie series Starscream. Studio series specifically. Or the studio, studio series. Starscream. Aaron told me he it, got Starscream before we record, and I was like, you got the power of the prime Starscream? Uh, I forgot that you guys had the, I mean, in Canada at EB, they all showed up as well, the, the studio series yeah. Voyagers. Uh, are, and did you see the leader um, studio series guys are I, out somewhere too? I, some people I have, have. Some people own Blackout have, now. I have four different people in the office that have said, hey, when you see that leader blackout, like, just get it and I'll pay you back. Yeah. I've had I've had four different people uh, tell me that. So it's about to begin. So get ready. Yeah. So when they all disappear from the uh, the mid like mid north Indiana or whatever the heck my region actually is called, uh, you know where they went. Yeah, it's justified. All right. Don't complain. Um, <laughs> going but, to the right people, but for for Starscream, um, man, the fit and and finish and everything about the Starscream is much better than I initially thought it was going to be. Yeah, um, the like, I I I like the the top part of his jet just kind of folds up out of the way and isn't like the god awful mess that it seemed like every other Starscream was of trying to flip panels around to make things line up and that all of his like jet under junk stuff is combat is like uh resigned to from like the back two thirds of it. And then it's not even like discussing robot parts. It's just mechanical parts. Yeah. It's uh, it's, I think it's been confirmed that the transformation scheme is very much that of the deluxe star scream or movie star scream. Um, but it's worth stating here that that uh, it's likely not a literal upscale. Uh, it is just a shared design skeleton. Yeah, um, like I said, as, as I, I can't. It. I'm. I cannot say with confidence that I ever had the deluxe star scream that everybody mm-hmm. says that this is a a, 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 a copy or a, a new take on, but um, at like. The worst thing that I have is so there's a, the way that his legs work is they straighten out, close over themselves, then flip around, and then there's like another tab set that holds together, and then his arms are kind of ahead of that, and it has two or three different places that it angle. There's like each the the legs have one set of pegs and slots that don't quite plug in and lock in. 
as well yeah. as like the other side does, but it has no effect on it's not a thing that like because that part doesn't work, it pushes it off onto something else, it pushes it off onto something else. It's like one of the like lower arms tabbing into the back of the arms doesn't quite work as well as maybe it'd be nice if it did. Yeah, the first thing I asked you when you said you had that, I was like, how does it feel? And your description of it was chef kiss. Uh, yeah. And and like I, I feel like this justifies my theory I had that that first run of the deluxes was a pre-Chinese New Year rush special and that there's, you know, maybe it won't change when they're out on shelves. I feel like now there's a decent chance that maybe those deluxes, as they continue shipping and being produced, maybe we'll get a little bit better in the fit and finish department. Because uh, that it sounds like that Voyager ain't those deluxes. Yeah. But I if... Uh, like, I got it because I thought, hey, I'm going to give one of these a chance. This Starscream looks pretty good. Um, I So I also, like, hadn't seen Optimus Prime yet. I have now. But mm. it was just one of those things. It's like, oh, there's enough other things where I'm like, maybe I'll get, maybe I won't. Nah, I'll hold off on it. Um, this one, I'm glad that I picked it up. And I would recommend to other people that, hey, you should maybe pick it up if you like Starscreams. Yeah, he'll scratch that itch, too, right? Like yeah. Now you've, you've got your, your Studio I, Series Voyager. I've got the Studio Series. I've since seen Optimus Prime, and it didn't really, like, call to me very well. I haven't checked a lot of reviews, but what I'll say is I have not seen a single person take to social media to say, you, you all better get this Optimus Prime. Yeah. So I feel like that toy is maybe an, an underrated piece at best, but I, I haven't seen anyone doing backflips compared to the not like mountain of people singing Starscream's praise, but it seems a lot more people are talking about that Starscream um, comparatively. Uh, I just want Blackout to come out because I, I realize now I just want the 07 movie Decepticons as a team <laughs> so I can pose them together and pretend like they have characters that you know just weren't on the on the big screen uh also i'd love to see a, a hasbro takara tomi take on a new bone crusher because uh, we've got you know the 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 third party one uh that dream factory's been working on for like two and a half years they've got to to the color test shot stage and that's looking really cool uh, I, I would also love to see studio series uh do their take on bone crusher um, uh-huh. Get me those 07 Decepticons. I want to see movie one Megatron as well, but I I don't I'm not going to hold out hope for that for a long time. Um, that's awesome though. Uh, I'm I'm kind of I'm still kind of hyped for Studio Series. You know, uh-huh. some cool stuff going on in there. Um, yeah. Any, like I said, those that like turned me around enough that I might give some more of them, uh, like a, another swing because it it was enough that was like man i i thought starscream was going to be okay at best and Mm. like for the last week he's been sitting in the living room next to the couch and i'll just sit there and transform him back and forth because it's a fun transformation back and forth except for like the one spot where his like wings have to hitch you have to get his wings set the right way in order to make the transformation work to get the like wing pack part back around yeah and like that's that's the only thing where i'm like "Mm, maybe maybe that part could be better but beyond and and the reason why it's like that is so that the top of the jet has a smooth look and like i'm 
okay with that. Um, I, I forgot. Did you say where you got Starscream at? Uh, Myers. Okay. I was going to ask you, because um, I saw you were tweeting some photos. Did you have much luck with your liquidation Toys R Us run? Um, so we hit the first... Our, our like the first day that the local Toys R Us had its liquidation up, it was most everything was ten percent. I got still sealed the um, Dark of the Moon Combiner exclusive, the um, Infernicus. No. Oh the, uh, yeah, yeah, the, the, the Legends like, Combiner, the, the Legends Combiner thing, and that's still that's sealed. That's an Infer- Infernicus, yeah, yeah. Um, and that is still sealed. And then I got there was a. Um. Uh, new. It was a Black Panther poly bag, Lego thing. Oh um, yeah, yeah. But those I, are still those is. are still sealed. I've not gotten the chance uh, since then to to tear into them. Yeah, I um, I, I I gotta say it's 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 interesting watching how people are processing TRU liquidation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it it's it's not like Toys R Us hasn't been in Canada very long. Uh, but I said this before. It's it's. I don't feel like I don't feel like I'm I'm superior for it or anything. I'm just I I am surprised how disconnected I feel from a lot of folks' feelings. Maybe because they're walking through their childhood Toys R Uses, um, and I don't know. Maybe if I walked through the one at Mayfair Mall and it was closing, I'd feel the same way. But like, I, it seems like it is it is having a genuine affecting thing on a lot of folks. Yeah, this uh, was my Toys R Us as a kid. Mm. Um, like I said, one of the images that I that I posted was of the window. Um, that final I I know for sure that like OG Final Fantasy and uh, Super Metroid came through. So your Toys R Us hadn't even remodeled its interior to the degree like that window was still there. Yeah, it's still yeah, there. They, okay. did, they didn't. They didn't use it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it still had the pull tabs, and but then you, they'd like holler out the the thing, and then somebody would come and get it. You didn't have to go to that window. But that my window childhood was Toys R Us. My, my childhood Toys R Us has remodeled its interior so many times it doesn't even resemble. It's in the same space, in the same yeah. building. Yeah. Its interior doesn't even resemble what it looked like in the yeah. 90s. That was um, Defuzz, one of the times that I think he came and stayed here for the night to roll on up to a TFCon. We went yeah. to that Toys R Us, and he just, like, lost his mind over, like, no, this is, this is like, old-school Toys R Us, and it's the... Like the long aisles down the length of the store, not the like crossways aisles. And yeah, holy cow, how is how is it still like this? It's like oh, they just never changed. Why? Like the the implementation of the electronic slash collectors section mm-hmm. to me, kind of that was the death of old Toys R Us for me. Um, mm-hmm. Not the death of, of you know old Toys R Us as an experience, but like. There are no Toys R Uses I can, I have ever gone to since then that make me think of an old Toys R Us. Yep, they all feel like a newer store now. Yeah, this is um, this is still like the old Toys R Us, and I think we're probably going to make like once week trips there to watch it slowly dwindle away. And because I yes, guess the uh, ones that have been on clearance <laughs> for longer, like stuff like Lego, has gotten to twenty or thirty percent off, which for Lego is kind of insane. 
isn't Lego like pushing to get their stuff out of there? So that's before normally sales? stuff like that. Lego is going to say like, hey, we'll, you know, just we'll send, buy it off you. Again. Send it back. You'll get credited your amount and we'll just go on from there because, yeah, you know, if it's stuff that's still in stock, they'll easily ship it off someplace else and and not have it go under price. I heard third hand that like the first company to do that, the second company to do that was Lego and the first company was NECA. And I was like, man, <laughs> I didn't think anyone would beat Lego to the punch of wanting to maintain the value of their product. Yeah. And it's not like NECA <laughs> really is like stood behind it on other things, but okay. I'm glad that someone said that and it wasn't me. Yeah. I, I've seen plenty <laughs> of other people be like, man, this NECA toy was so close to being a good toy. Yeah, I said that like 18 times, and then yeah. I just stopped buying them. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I see plenty yeah, of other that, people on Twitter that'll be like, hey, they got this this thing that I really like, and then I bought it, and mm, that's a the Pacific shame. Rim toy thread on Toys R Us, or yeah. on Toys R Us, on TFW. Um, so, wow. It's all things that are dying. So, no, wait. Some Someone found a Mutivore NECA kaiju when they went out buying the, the Robot Damashis. Okay, and the thing the thing had a ball joint right out of the box. One of the one of the ball socket connections just collapsed and fell apart, and it and it looked like the ball it looked like they had shoved the ball into the socket while the ball part was still molten plastic. Uh, so it looked like it looked like a ball that had once that had hardened but had once been just made of paper and had been squeezed, and like it wasn't a ball anymore. <laughs> uh. Yeah, um, I, I best best of luck finding more stuff, and also like I, I I hope that it doesn't become too much of a downer. I, I went through something similar when HMV closed up in Toronto, and I went to the one down by Dundas Square. And one day I went there during their liquidations, and I went up to the third floor where the uh, the industrial section always was, and that room was now just closed off because <clears throat> all the stock had been moved down to the bottom two floors. And I was just looking through this glass door at the like husk of a shelf where once stood one of the best industrial selections I'd ever seen in Toronto. Mm. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm standing in a corpse. Yeah. That, and, like, I had kind of a moment. That was, you know, Alfie, you know, we went in, and I was just kind of, like, melancholy over it all, you know, because that's it's yeah. been my Toys R Us for, you know, 30-some-odd years, and, like, it's it's very shortly not going to be. And it was, you know, she's like, oh, is everything okay? I'm like, it's, like, it, it's my, my childhood's, like you know one of those last few tenuous threads is just up and up and going away so it's like kind of sad i can understand why people might donate to a super f- fake gofundme or whatever i was gonna say we we've never talked about that and i wanted to bring it up quickly to say don't give money to it uh because it, it's I, I was like who who's running this gofundme and then uh firebird gt links me to an article it's the friggin ceo yeah. of the company that makes brats yeah and most of the money in it to get it six figures high was but, just the ceo putting some of his money in yeah uh and and like i understand i've had two people arguing me on twitter that like hey if, if this gofundme works uh the people who are losing their jobs will get their jobs back and like, like i no, don't know really. how to say this nicely yeah they won't or if they do that'll be a long shot and, and it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> Two hundred thousand dollars. It was two hundred million dollars. Sorry, two hundred million dollars. You know, once you start hitting those and zeros, at, and it's at two hundred million 
$48,000 so, of a $1.0 billion goal. So it actually raised $48,000. Go, go, and, and, and as memory serves with GoFundMe gets like some certain percentage of that. That's why they're probably cool so with I it. Bet they were just, <laughs> I bet they were just like, yeah, you want... Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, you can you can go ahead and put $200 million of your own money into this thing, and we'll just go ahead and get like... Eight million dollars out of that, or whatever. Well, no, 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 no. We'll we'll cut you. We'll cut you special rates. Even if they scrape five percent, that's five percent of a lot of money that they are suddenly going to have as processing yeah. fees. And like I, I, I think it is admirable for someone to tell me that they want to see those workers get their jobs back. And I, I don't fault anyone for saying that. But oh, like yeah. my friends, the reality of this is that Toys R Us is a bankrupt company saddled with like five billion dollars of debt, and the person running this GoFundMe is just another CEO. Who who mm-hmm. has lots of money? This is just this is more millionaires and billionaires playing with public sentiment, and the people who are working the the ground floor on those jobs, they will not see a benefit from this before every single high paid person above them sees a benefit for it. Yeah uh, the the only way that this could really work is if this guy had a legit line on buying. The franchise name and locations, but also ditching the the main capital debt, right? Like, the- well, no, but that's what I'm saying is <laughs> is if this guy had the line on when, like, that stuff goes up for auction, yeah, like, okay, this thing is getting broken down into its constituent parts, and whatever has value is being taken and sold. In order to try and fulfill those debts from outside of the the store structure, if he has the line on being able to get the the name and the location or all the locations, then like maybe it could happen. I, I dare say like, the, the CEO the cl- of, the, of a toy company might even have that lead, but the moment this became a public GoFundMe designed to pull at the, the public's heartstrings, <laughs> I'm like, that That yeah. makes me not think this is well, altruism, you know? <laughs> and it's not just that, but any of that stuff's going to go up to auction. It's not like that sort of item can just get sold. Yeah. Because then it's, oh no, I sold it to my friend for as much as it's worth. Two dollars. Ha 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 ha. That's not how it's going to work. Um, yeah, you know that's. Oh, what was the the game company that just one of those game companies that just THQ? got like busted up? Yeah, THQ. You you hear or read some of the 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 stuff about the way that that went down and bits and pieces that were sold to different companies back and forth in order to try and like reconsolidate some of the things to have THQ Nordic or whatever that to try and come up out of the ashes of some of that, but not all of that. Yeah, you know that's that's if they're breaking Toys R Us up to try and like the 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 bankruptcy that they're doing, like the the people that probably have the better odds at it are <laughs> are oddly enough KB Toys. Yeah, <laughs> if if that is really serious, because then they've got the run up already going. Well. It- and I gotta, I gotta also share. Like, I got a response from Paternia John of Paternia dot com. You know, and I, I, I don't dig into to knowing necessarily like how much knowledge John has of the logistics of running something in in the toy store industry. But mm-hmm. he he kind of just spitballed out there with two hundred million dollars, you could probably start a new fresh toy company that does not have the baggage of Toys R Us. 
Right. Like, like you could get the gears going on that right now, uh, which yeah. to me just once again says the, the, the GoFundMe aspect of that CEO uh, and, his, and his approach only sets off my warning lights. And, you know, obviously I've said it before, mm-hmm. I, I certainly have biases against millionaires and CEOs and corporations. You know, take take that as you will. Yeah. Make that your grain of salt. But I, I, you know, I wish I could I could say, oh, it's so great that all those people might get their jobs back. But all I feel like is those people aren't the ones anyone wants to help who is at the top of all this. And the way to help those folks is to is to make the change so they don't have to rely on working for a five billion dollar bankrupt company, you know, to yeah. make ends meet. Like the the answer is not let's scrape and donate to get their crappy job back. The answer is like let's figure out why they had to live off of that crappy job and action yeah. upon that, you know. It's make, uh, make good foundations and the good foundation maybe isn't necessarily the name. Yeah, like the idea of of donating to resurrect Toys R Us. <laughs> yeah. You know, for the sake of people's jobs, like to me it's like it's like shoving a hot glue gun into a zombie's mouth in the hopes that you might do something healing by filling its decaying flesh air pockets with hot glue like sure in the short term you might do something but like this this isn't this isn't growth you know this isn't this isn't uh a living thing this is just a shambling corpse mm-hmm. <laughs> uh so you know i i, I don't want to come off like i'm yelling at people when i say this i just really i, I i'm how do i put this more than one person gave me the the idea that this would help the now jobless workers at Toys R Us, uh, yeah. and that was that was the main motivation in the response. And I felt chilled by the fact that more than one person was saying that because that means that that narrative has has concrete roots now, and that's that spooks me a little bit because uh, that that's those aren't the kind of folks we should be like trusting and giving giving goodwill money to, you know, <laughs> um, there, there's so many other causes <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to, to put money into causes of, uh, about debilitating ailments for which there are still not concrete, uh, cures, um, causes for places that, you know, I don't know. I don't know if there are fundraisers for this stuff. I'm just thinking of causes. Now you have like a part of the United States that still does not have electricity. You have a city in Michigan that does not have clean water. You have various ailments that, that do not have cures and need fu- uh, research funding. You have there. attempts to children's get- hospitals that you could donate to extra life. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Plenty of children's hospitals for which Aaron has raised like uh, tattoos worth of money for. Uh, I have six gold medals, so it's at least six thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and, and even even in the in the semi private sector, there are multiple companies that want to. Uh, how do I put this? Not I, I can't think of a better way to put this. They want to fill in the gap of the current state of NASA. And want mm-hmm. to do work on getting, you know, space tech going, like it's resurrecting the the twitching form of Toys R Us is just like it seems like really the last thing to 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 put any kind of fundraising into. Uh so that's my little PSA. I don't know. You don't have to listen to me though. I also hate corporations, so <laughs> I will I will own up immediately to my bias. <laughs> uh but yeah, Aaron, I kind of wanted to to touch on that on that continuing story a little bit because like so weird to watch. And the the biggest thing that uh, that like has gotten me, and it's it's an ongoing issue that I have of Facebook and trying to respond to people that 
I feel like you should know better. You know, there were two or three of the times I'd see the story and they're like, yeah, if they could compete with Amazon and then you drop in and you say, well, actually, you know, not to well, actually, but well, actually on this thing, there's there's a whole lot of disgusting nonsense that happened on the backside that made this happen the way that it is. Well, if they could compete better, it's like, well, no, let's let's take like put you in 20 years of your own income debt and say you have to pay it off in an accelerated schedule and then blame you when things go wrong. Like, you can work all the overtime you want. It's just not happening. Well, yeah. it's it's company. They they deserve to die. It's like, well, no. Like, there are a lot of people that are going to be out of a job, and, like, it's a company that it can't really die. It just doesn't exist anymore. And, like, hey, now here, you're anthropomorphizing where... Jeffrey the giraffe. It's just a dude in a really <laughs> kind of crappy costume when he's got to, so... Well, like, in America, it, like, what? you know, corporations are legally recognized as individuals to some degree. So it's, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I want to say, and this is to the credit of the, the I feel fairly wide expanse of my Twitter and Facebook um, circles and, you know, direct contacts. I can't name to you a single person who I follow who carried that narrative. I, I'm very proud of the toy collector community as a whole, you know, broad strokes, obviously, there's going to be exceptions, but like. How much of the toy collector community and how many of the folks in that community with soapboxes were so quick to shoot down the narrative that this was anything but Bane Capital? Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, again, I'm, though, I'm that's really proud of, of that's everybody. <laughs> like when it's the the other intersections of, you know, it was it was only like one or two people that were even getting near that in like the toy intersection. But it's like some of the other ways that things intersect you know, old high oh, school yeah, friends yeah. or stuff like that. And I'm like, well, actually, it's kind of like this. And, and you I, know, I would give them I, like, I, like... I, 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 I don't want to say that, like, I know because I'm way deep into toys and I probably shouldn't be this deep into toys, but I am. Yeah. And then it comes around <laughs> to like, well, I mean, whatever. It's like, uh. yeah, like I, I would give as a spectator who doesn't have to deal with this, I would I would, you know, give the the leeway of like yeah they're not in this deep enough to really need to care yeah. or you know 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 the specifics I, but i you know toy collectors and enthusiasts are the kinds who i feel would jump to the those harder conclusions more vindictively and I, i'm really proud of how many toy collectors and especially toy collector voices with soapboxes like i didn't see anybody making a big push to talk about how this was anyone's fault for x or y Everyone spread the word, retweeted every article they could to say, like, hey, just so you know, to all my friends and family who might not be in toys, this is why Toys R Us is dying. Don't, yeah. don't let anyone tell you this was the to- the death of the toy industry, that this was Toys R Us as a company doing, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like, Toys R Us has made plenty of mistakes in the past, mm-hmm. and no one's going to, you know, defi- um, defy that notion. But so many people so unifiedly were like this is what killed toys r us and screw them and i was like i'm so proud of everybody uh anyway yeah that's our that's our not on the topic list touch touch in on the the toy industry toy store uh conundrum of 2018 yeah and i feel like we're going to be touching on this again you know like especially now that i know the the friggin cartoonish roots of who owns kb toys uh, we'll see how that all goes later on. Also, I want to put the word out, you know, just innocently here. If anyone is going to go to TFCon who can get one of those liquidation priced Studio Series Thundercrackers, the uh, Spiderhead 
yeah. Nitro Zeus. I do want that toy. I, I, uh, I may have been going if, looking for that too, just because. Just if you find a rack of like eight of them and you're also deep into Liquidation Town, you know, and you can just grab a bunch of them, I'll buy one of them off you, you know, just throwing it out there. Let me know. Let me know. I, I don't want you to ship it to me though, because that'll. That'll kill the magic. We gotta, we gotta do the exchange in person at TFCon. Aaron, yeah, Aaron, get a, get a thundercracker. I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. Find them. Look, you're number six in line for the leader blackouts. Okay. Find them before it's too late. Uh. Now we can go into the off topic of what we got this week. I think, unless Aaron is there, any other Transformers (laughs) or toy industry stuff that you'd like to drop in here. Also, okay, one more thing. There are a lot of people who are in the legit toy industry who are on social media, too. Mm-hmm. And, like, this has got to be wild to watch. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, I haven't talked to any of them, but, like, I, I, I should probably check his Facebook feed. I, I would love to know, like, you know, Aaron Archer's take on what's going on as someone who was deep in this for a good long time and is, you know, kind of still in this now, but as a, fran- as a freelancer. Like, it's got to be wild to be watching this stuff. Yeah. Well, especially because, like, at the level even that Aaron got to, he'd know a bunch of the people that were, like, on those teams. And yeah. that's got to be a weird thing to be like, hey, sorry that, like, you you, you get to go the, the freelancer way, too. Ha, ha, ha. Or, like, you know, to, to, to know the process of setting up a Toys R Us exclusive, the fact that there were Toys R Us exclusives announced in February, and then in March this news dropped. Mm-hmm. Like to me, that's one of the probably one of the kookier in industry things that that must be making people just go like, oh man, like all those Toys R Us exclusives, where are they going to end up? Yeah, you know, if they don't sell in the next sixty days, <laughs> is TJ yeah, Max well, going to make that, a killing? There, there's probably like toy exclusives that were six months behind the stuff that we're seeing now. Yeah, and and some of the stuff at Toy at Toy Fair wasn't necessarily going to be out in the next sixty days. Necessarily, you know, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Paternia John had a tweet go up where he's he's going to try to get a tracker going of where all the announced things end up being spotted. Mm-hmm. Uh, ah, it's it's crazy. Um, but going into off topic, Aaron, um, I only got one off topic thing. Did you get Did you get any off topic stuff? Um, I got uh, so like kind of went through Subnautica and found a a place that it just kind of stopped being fun for me of trying to hunt down things. Mm-hmm. So I then picked up into uh, Surviving Mars. And hey, that's a game that turns horribly quickly on a dime when you uh, don't keep on the right side of a resource loop. Ooh. Yeah. Does it have any kind of real money transfer stuff designed to patch you up if you hit that wall? No, no. It's It's more a matter of like... So when you land on Mars, there's metals that are just like on the open that you can pick up. And then it's really simple to, with a little bit of stuff brought back from Earth, like with just a little bit of machine parts, you can get concrete made. And metal and concrete will build a lot of your early stuff. And then like there are other places that you can like make a mine for metal and uh, and get more base like basic resources but then there's also rare metal which is the only way that you can get more money directly is by setting up a mine getting that and exporting the rare metal back to earth 
But then there's also electronics that are made from rare metal that are needed for, like, the higher-level technology stuff. Polymers that you have to have fuel and water to make. And machine parts that you need metal to make. And polymers, machine parts, and computer parts are all, like, that's a cycle that kind of feeds itself, except for it, like, doubles up on the computer parts. And, like, if you're not making, not mining enough of the rare metal, which may or may not show up well on your map, um, then you don't have any exports and you don't have any computer parts. And then, like, the computer fact, the computer part factory the maintenance requirements on that are computer parts. So, like, if you don't stay ahead of that game, you end up, like, running out of that. And then you have to, like, do a crash, like, oh, no, I'm going to spend some of my hard-earned export money to import computer parts so that maybe I can get this industry kicked back over again. And, oh, wait a second, I can't get any good... Um, colonists to come because I've already gotten a bunch of them so now I'm taking the the idiot and lazy applicants because I need warm bodies to fill things out and then oh the idiot has broken things and now you don't get any any resources and you're you're boned that kind of loop that has to be part of the design and it, it just makes me wonder, it, like, what the intention is. is. It's just from from the, um, uh, like, reading things on subreddits. Like, the game is very open for, like, mods and, and changing the ways that things work. Because, like, looking at the way that this is set up, I don't know why everything isn't exportable. Mm-hmm. You know, I could because like, hey, you know, there's going to be somebody out there that's like, ah, I want to eat the the Martian grown food or, you know, Martian concrete because there's one of the like random quests that may pop up is like, hey, there's another um, company that's trying to uh, what is it? it like colonize some of the outer world or something and. So they need certain resources, and so you can provide them resources, and they'll like sell you. They'll like give you money or research or candidates or something like that. So it ends up being a thing where like, hey, there's other ways that you could interact with these items, and it would be nice if like that was just kind of default. Yeah. So that like, oh. You know, this map that I landed on just doesn't have a lot of rare metals, which is the only thing I can export, but it does have a lot of metals, or it does have, hey, it's got a bunch of water. I I found the one place on Mars that has a bunch of, like, places that you can mine for water rather than just doing, like, the, you know, vaporizer um, water mining. So, like, like, you know... Sure, electricity and water are a thing that's just kind of tracked internally, but what if it was just set up like, hey, I have enough to fill up these 10 water tanks. Why not export some of that because the colony on Deimos needs this or another colony on Mars needs water because, hey, their map doesn't have any water or whatever, you know, like other ways that would be neat if 
you could interact so that if you had a system that worked really well, you'd be able to turn it over. But it's apparently I've seen that like that's for that sort of thing. You have to go into like start digging through steam mods and see if there's one that hits all the stuff that you want versus it just being a thing that seems like it should have been in it at stock. I mean, yeah, if they if they made it just as a moddable platform, then I guess like, to a point one can can yeah. say like, all right, I see how this is working. But sometimes also like base stuff like that, I kind of go like, if if it's like if every if, if the reaction to this is can't wait to mod this, then it's like on the base level, maybe that should have just yeah. been part of the base design from the first place. Yeah. And then it's like I they they did a, I guess they did a Q and A recently, and part of it was like, yeah, so like right now if I have like so I if I build a new habdome and it's right next to another habdome, I could, that other habdome could have, could be full of people and Mm -hmm. like have overtaxed utilities and the new habdome that is like two hexes away, which is a very short walk could have like the, the luxury homes in it and all these resources ready to go. And nobody will go there unless you like force say like, no, this dome denies everybody. And this other dome wants everybody and try and like manually manage it like that. And there's like weird ways that you can make it do what you think it should do, but it just doesn't. And instead they're like, yeah. So one of the things that we wanted to do, but didn't have in the beginning were like, connections so you can connect two domes mm-hmm. at over a space because like the optimal way to play it right now is to have a bunch of self-sufficient like small domes at each like resource plot instead of having like one big colony you have on your map instead you have like three micro colonies and it's not mm-hmm. like if i was thinking hey i'm going to be building a colony on Mars, I'd want it to be a big interconnected thing rather than, oh, I'm building a bunch of micro colonies on Mars because it's the only way to manage who goes in what dome because they won't self-specialize. This this also leads me to a somewhat tangential question, but the moment you mentioned the name of this game, I needed to ask you this. Did you see the Mega Bloks Mega Construct set from their new like franchise-less sets, which is just like a semi-fictional um mars crawler that is manned i had not uh so it's this new thing it's just this and i think the viking ship which looks like vaguely a repurposed assassin's creed set but it's just vikings on a ship um but one of them is a crew of of uh it looks a little bit almost like they wanted to make this with the license of the martian and then they didn't get that license okay um with with the color schemes but it's like a manned Mars crawler with like three astronauts on it who are in like slightly futuristic pseudo realistic spacesuits. Okay. Uh, and it really caught my eye. It is a little too expensive for me. It's like sixty Canadian. But next time you're you're in a place that gets the constructs, uh, you should you should give it an eyeballing. I want to know what 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 Lego people think of it. Okay. Also, I'm, I'm I'm glad you're getting this much out of, out of the game. Yeah, I've I've enjoyed it, and it's more a matter of like find a kind of broken place to try and make <laughs> a thing work. 
But like yeah. I said, short of like if you just don't find a spot that has like four very good uh you know rare metals spots, it's just like yeah. It sounds like it really requires a an enjoyment of that survival genre aspect. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't sound like it's necessarily a very like welcoming platform. It's it's kind of like you're already into these games, so here try this one with with our own take on everything. Mm-hmm. Also, here's the subreddit with all the mods. Yeah. Um. Well, Aaron, I, I got I got an off-topic toy. Yeah. Uh, I got me another one of those robot Damashi Jaegers. I got Saber Athena. Um. Soon I will have Obsidian Fury and Guardian Bravo as well, and maybe one of those will change my mind. I think Saber Athena is the actual best figure of this line so far. Okay. Um, figure wise, paint wise, and color wise, she certainly isn't. Um, she looks extremely bland in package, even though she has a fair number of paint apps. They're just the kind of paint apps that you really can look at and not register as paint apps. Uh, and she is definitely missing a whole lot of like gunmetal under detailing, um, where the sculpt is all there. Um, lots of panel lines are there too, which are just begging for like a dark brown. Um, but as a figure, she poses better than any of the other ones I've handled. Uh, cause Gypsy Avenger has legit problems with their shoulder pads. Uh, Saber Athena does not. Uh, and Saber Athena has like just an excellent array of accessories. Uh, her hand swaps don't have the weird thing where the open hands are kind of palm up for punching a fist into. So they just work on their own more easily. Um, she's got two swords and then a combined sword, just a really good figure. Uh, and if you can get over the color scheme, I think that she's the one to mess with, uh, in that line so far. Um, from what I've heard, Obsidian Fury might dethrone her. Uh, it sounds like Guardian Bravo is just going to sit there happily in the B tier with Bracer Phoenix. But, um, this whole line I'm really digging, even though I've seen the movie now and the movie, uh, I liked, but the movie was not like much of a toy commercial. Um, I still enjoyed it. It just, it wasn't the toy commercial, um, that I wanted, uh, okay. I still am really into these designs and I really like the way they look just like, you know, all together as this weird super sentai team. <laughs> um, I did, I did enjoy, I, I saw uprising actually twice. Um, cause I saw it once with my mom as well. Uh, I seen it in 2d and 3d, uh, 3d IMAX, 2d tiny screen. And, uh, once I had my expectations in line, I liked it more, but, um, it's interesting to read the discourse on it because, like, for what is not necessarily all that dynamic a film, there is a wide array of opinions on it. Um, and I'm almost like I don't, I almost don't want to wade into any of it with my own take because it's so it's so fun reading everyone's different take on it, ranging from this was better than the first I've seen it three times to a couple people who I've seen go like I don't walk out of movies very often, but I walked out of this. Uh, it's kind of fun to read all this. The only part where I feel kind of bummed out is the number of people who are sitting there who haven't seen it yet, who are seeing all this range of opinion and taking it quite badly and going like, is this movie garbage? Um, if you, if you are in that position, I would say like, just go see it, you know, or if you're going to wait for it to be on, on home, you know, wait for it to be on home and see it there. I don't really see how you could go into this movie with a mindset that would lead you to then walk out unless you just watch movies for a living and you had a bad day. Yeah. Um, like it, it didn't, this, it, this seems like the sort I, of I movie that you'd have a pretty good idea of what it is going into it. So on a broad strokes level, yes. 
on a specifics level, if you're a big robot enthusiast, there's still some there's a bit of of, um, nuance to the narrative to have or the discussion to have about it that is interesting. Uh, Also, I should I should comment because I got a comment on it last time about my definition of real robot versus super robot. Um, That's where I guess like we we really are going to be button heads because to me, super robot and real robot. I think I think my definition of those things doesn't necessarily match up with everybody's. (laughs) Uh, to me, Pacific Rim 1 robots, the way that they are piloted, the heavy, clunky way they're piloted, and the way that they are they are not really the characters, uh-huh. and they are semi-disposable, that is real robot to me. Uh, to me, super robot is the robot itself is an extension of the character, if not the character itself, in a way where um, a mortal blow to a robot should be considered the same as a mortal blow to a character, uh... And not necessarily just like it got punched in the cockpit and now the pilot's dead. Like it's to me, it's just, it's very it, there's, like there's a huge gradient in between real robot and super robot, and I'm drawing very specific lines based on my tastes. So if that if that helps, you know, if that helps make any more sense. <laughs> but uh, I enjoyed Uprising enough. Uh, I'd, I'd probably pick it up on uh, on the Blu-ray. Um, I just wish that a few very specific decisions had been made differently, and uh, without. Without meaning this necessarily as a as a damning insult more than a heavy critique, oddly enough, this is a, a movie that that felt like it was maybe more than one script that got pushed together into one script, um, on a much less damaging way than how that happened with the last night. But it makes me wonder if this might become a new habit of uh, shallow action films. For the next few years, like it seems like this, the fact that this has happened twice in the last twelve months, ish, uh, maybe not like the last you know year and a half or so, like is making me blink a little bit. And I'm like, is this becoming the next fad where they're like getting people to pitch scripts and then smashing scripts together? Because it's not working, <laughs> uh, and it's to me way too transparent when it's happening. Um. In the case of Pacific Rim Uprising, I would say it's a shame because I think that Pacific Rim Uprising was like, it's not two movies, but it's like it's like 1.5 movies that could have been turned into two really cool movies, I think. Uh, and it's just a little crowded. Is it like separate ideas or like it's too, like a continuation of story? It's it, it kind of, how do I put this? It kind of is both. It's like the first, the first act-ish of the movie is super solid. And I feel like they had enough elements to go through with the rest of the movie. But then they started introducing further elements extremely fast and the movie kept up with it. But then by the end, I felt the film had a lot of trouble keeping up with its own exponentially ramped up elements count Um, to the point where I feel like a, a heavily tweaked script could have been turned into two very solid movies like a very solid part two and part three that come out within like, you know, eight months of each other. Um, And I, I feel that would have resulted in an experience that I was personally more into, but a lot of this is also my biases when it comes to, to, you know, super robot storytelling and what I like. Um, And I don't know how much that is coloring my perspective. And I'm saying all this without saying any specifics as best I can. Uh, I I think I might go make a vlog about the movie because I I have so much so much stuff to say um, that is extremely wordy and long winded. (laughs) 
But um, people on the fence, like if, if a movie ticket is not of a great deal of cost to you, I would say just go see it. Uh, if it is of a great deal of cost to you, then absolutely like, you know, maybe wait for it to come out on home release. But uh, I'll also say the 3D wasn't bad and it was there throughout the film. I don't know if it was done to the same uh, like remarkable degree of post-production that the first Pacific Rim got. I don't know if, you know, like Jimmy Cameron got got in there with with the process, but uh, it was a better 3D experience than any Marvel 3D experience I've had, which sadly does not include Doctor Strange because I missed it in theaters and I'm still kind of bummed out about that. I watched it on Netflix. I watched Doctor Strange on Netflix and like I came out of it at the end going like, I thought it would be worse. It wasn't my favorite movie. I thought it would be worse. But also, when I got to the part that clearly was the 3D uh-huh. part, I was like, oh, no, this would have been awesome. Oh, no. And I saw even more stuff happening. And, like, I heard the, the way they had the voice going around in circles. And I was like, no, <laughs> I would have loved this. <laughs> and I was so sad. Because <laughs> the problem with missing a 3D experience, there's no guarantee you'll ever get mm-hmm. a chance to see it well, again. Well, AMC is uh, running its, like... 34 hour thing now where you can go and watch yeah. all of the movies back to back. So all I got to do is time yeah. it <laughs> to just catch Dr. Strange in 3d. Like the print, the, not the prints, but you know, the, the digital prints are, they're not like gone right. forever. It's just, I got to find out whenever a screening happens and I can catch it with glasses on. Cause it, yeah, that the, there were the two segments that felt like these benefit enormously from 3d that I'm not seeing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the movie itself was, was, you know, I, I was, well, no one agrees with me about this. So bear that in mind. I thought it was going to be for me, another Ant-Man, but it was not, it was better than that. But also everyone likes Ant-Man yeah, more do, than you, I did. Do you, do you so, not like Ant-Man? I, I don't I don't dislike it, but it is one of my bottom tier Marvel movies. A tier that is also occupied by Captain America, the first Avenger. So literally no one agrees with how I, I look at the Marvel movies. I, I don't know if we can be friends. Well, I'm not I, I, I don't die on a hill over this necessarily. I'm just like you're not like everyone who's tried to change my mind hasn't changed my mind. Uh, and, and I wholly admit, like, I can explain at length how I feel this way, but. It's hard to do that in a text medium without feeling like I'm lecturing someone. <laughs> uh, I also have not watched Thor 2 or Incredible Hulk. Uh, I wanted to watch Spider-Man Homecoming, but guess what wasn't okay. on Netflix? Which is why I watched Doctor Strange instead. Um, And Hulk and Thor 2. Thor 2 I might uh, those, look at someday. Those both you because can one like, friend of mine liked it. Move on from. Hulk is expendable. Uh, Thor 2, I saw someone on Facebook make a case for it that is the closest I've come to wanting to watch it. Um, And I might someday if I have the free time and it's, you know, sitting on Netflix, and I think it is. Um, But yeah, uh, I I have have, probably come close to physical assault over my opinion on the Ant-Man film. That might be a good place Um, to wrap up this episode so I don't have to have to hire someone. I'm I'm not digging on Paul Rudd, let me say. I think I think Ant Man was was great in Civil War, and I think that the the I saw the trailer for Ant Man and the Wasp, and that looked like it was fixing a few little problems I had with Ant Man. Uh, so I'm not so, like so I here, hate the at character least I, or anything, to salvage but... this discussion at least. Hey, there's recent news <laughs> that uh, Clark Gregg is going to be in um, the Captain Marvel 
movie. So Agent Coulson will be coming back. That is excellent back, news. Which, granted, this that movie is supposed to take place in the 90s, and it's supposed to be like a 90s action flick style thing. So that'll make sense. Um, I can go for one of those. And then... I, you know what? You know what? Just going off that, I'm so happy right now that Marvel Studios has ditched, um, not entirely, but it has it has unshackled mm-hmm. a lot of directors from the house style. Because uh, Ragnarok yeah. and Black Panther were excellent, in my opinion, almost and and almost entirely on the back of not having yeah. to shackle themselves. That's, to the that's house style. I was trying to explain it to somebody at work that um, like what I've really liked about the Marvel films is that each one of them is is like gets to be its own thing and now it's like i was explaining like the ant-man movie it's like a heist movie that happens to also be a superhero movie in this universe that has ramifications and you know Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. uh, let me say you're i agree with you um while I also say Ant-Man was one of the last Marvel films I saw where I was, that was the movie that made me go like this house yeah, style I, is going to be I the death of me. And see, I think that's where it started to get it like, uh, started there, to get more into like these movies can be their own movies and we'll get directors and people that are good for that and, and go from there. Yeah. I think if Ant-Man had been made two years later, okay, I think I'd have liked it more. But it is Ant Man to me. Part of it is that it, as a film, represents the last vestige of, to me, kind of the dark era of the MCU. Okay. On a filmmaking level, where you know one of my favorite directors kind of got chased off that project after it was his dream project, in part because of the house style. Yeah. And and when I watched Ant Man, I saw vestiges of him in the film, and it it was a bummer. Because I was like, oh, no, I can detect the Edgar Wright in this part of the movie. Yeah. And then it, it, it disappeared after this this part of the movie. And I'm like, I can't. Like, this, this is too much. Like, it's a, it's a combination of Ant-Man, Civil War, and Ultron. Um, where the, Those are three movies that, like I, like I said, I don't hate them. But, like, they are a manifest of what I'm so happy Marvel Studios has at least right now started to escape from yeah um like these weird kind of homogenous experiences that are kind of like i know it's a movie but it feels like it also really wants me to feel like it's happening between movies like in a really pointed way that is distracting me from the part where it is a movie um i also i need to watch civil war a second time because i i definitely was put off when i watched it in theaters because it was called captain america civil war and i feel like it should have been called avengers civil war yeah it was um, it was that, the third cap movie because <laughs> Avengers is a specific thing or something. Yeah, it is. And I, if you're going to say I'm petty for saying that, you're right. Avengers uh, is the one that's got to have <laughs> Thor and Hulk in it. So, yeah, uh, the S- Civil War movie couldn't have worked like that. So move along. Yeah, it is. It is an extremely petty thing, but I know for a fact that realizing this was that Civil War was not a Captain America movie so much as it was an Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. completely um, damaged that whole experience for me. And I, I need to take another look at it. Well, I mean, if you look range. at it as a Captain America movie in that it is like primarily advancing Captain America's story. It is. It is. And, and, and what was built on in the first two Captain America movies. Like I get that all of the MCU, MCU movies are starting to have like connection and there's like cartilage that's between the two of them. 
and it all kind of comes together in that way. But if you look at it as like, now this is the movie about Captain America and his stuff, then it very much carries that forward and other people can exist in that story, but it's not Mm. the, like the leader of the story. And like the, the things Civil War did that I give it full credit for is that it solved the origin story problem for Black Panther because mm-hmm. uh, they they had a great Black Panther film. And I think a big part of it is if you want to know his origin, well, guess what? You can go check out this other movie because we don't have time for that. Yeah. And not just that, but like the Black Panther, like I think that Black Panther, not to turn this whole end of this podcast into the fine, MCU fine. thing, <laughs> but like Black Panther, if, okay, so if you've not seen Black Panther, like spoilers for the first like three minutes of Black Panther, did that, how do you explain it to somebody that's not seen the previous movies perfectly? With the, oh, absolutely. A, a Bobby or A Baba, tell me about Wakanda. And then yeah. it's like uh, maybe maybe two minutes. You want to say? Oh, it was so like, perfect. It it was my total. It totally makes the case I have made that that superhero origins are the most boring mm-hmm. entire movie long stories you could possibly tell. Yeah, like, like like if they ever do Fantastic Four, I do not want to see them get their powers. Yeah. I want them to just say how they got their powers, maybe offhand even, because no like, one cares. Like, I, like <laughs> seeing them come back, like that's how the movie starts. Yeah. Like new, you know, whatever fake news. I, I forget that because they actually have like a cable news network that is the fake Marvel cable in news Marvel. network that's like – uh, this just in the uh, rocket that was thought lost carrying, you know, inventor extraordinaire Reed Richards has been found again after coming out of this solar storm. Uh, we go live now to them landing and then like uh, you get through the first half of all of the other Fantastic Four first movies you know, because you're not spending an hour and a half getting them or an hour getting them into the spaceship to then realize that they have powers in the le- second half of the movie well, like and there, go from there. There are now three, if you count the Roger Corman movie, there are three Fantastic Four movies mm-hmm. where them getting their powers is the entire structure of the film. Right. And Doctor Doom is their first adventure who is dead at the end of the film. Yeah. You know, give or take. Like... Like, that's a disaster. Yeah. So, you know, it's the only thing out of the current movies that I would like to know more about is Spider-Man's origin. And I like Mm -hmm. if it is like for the, you know, the Spider-Man 2 movie where maybe it deals with that, where whoever the villain ends up being comes from the same lab and you get the information about it, like, f- be it field trip or something else, and you get to explain it. And You don't even necessarily need to go through the whole, like, Uncle Ben, great power, great responsibility stuff, but just, like, yeah, this is, the, this is where it happened, and that's mm-hmm. why kurt connors is the lizard because he was doing experiments with whatever and you can just go from that it would like because we know radioactive spider bit him or transgenetic spider bit him or 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 whatever it ends up needing to be um to to get there and 
and like and, what, and again, what it's, if, what he's... it's a thing that doesn't even necessarily bother me that it's not been said in the MCU how it happened. It just would be like, hey, it'd be nice to have them go, yeah, we know, you know, we know, you know. I was just thinking if I was making that movie and he was like, this is where Uncle Ben died. I would also have like just out of nowhere a close up shot and a bunch of pearls from a pearl necklace hitting the ground. <laughs> <laughs> just as, as a quick like yeah i know we know yeah <laughs> um yeah we should probably cap the podcast here we've had our little mcu discussion yeah. there's your easter egg everybody um join us again when infinity war is out uh, uh are, are we are we doing a podcast about infinity war i don't know i i i am i want to i really hope i like infinity war because i feel like there's a good chance i will but like, I feel like there's this real dark pit somewhere of like, here's a whole bunch of things that could all go wrong at the same time, and like, I'm just gonna go see it. That's all. I, that's all I'm gonna do. I don't even want to think about it too much before I see it. Uh, but yeah, um, we'll be back with some more Transformers talk. Hopefully, the news will stay slow so that we can keep powering through some listener questions and uh, get that backlog down. So until then, thank you, Aaron, for joining me on uh, you know my my weird. I'm traveling all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. schedule and uh, yeah we will talk to you all later so until then stay safe It means, but you got some badass perpetrators now here to stay.